Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. At this point, most shows are winding down. Roy is just getting started. The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Well, I think, uh, as as I said clearly, uh, obviously on on any question of, of vacations, uh, uh, whether it's with uh, a family friend or not, uh, we're going to be clearing uh, every step of the way with the ethics commissioner in advance, uh, and that's certainly something that uh, uh, that we have learned uh, through this this whole experience. That uh, absolutely, I would have done differently if uh, if uh, if we had to do it all over again. So there's uh, Mr. Trudeau as he spoke with Bill Kelly from. 900 CHML in Hamilton on Wednesday prior to the town hall at McMaster University's. Looking for an answer on the ethics issue. Why did you do what you did? Who else was there? Were the members of the Obama administration there? As has been reported. And so many other questions to ask. The Prime Minister of Canada, well, we have an opportunity now to speak to the leader of the official opposition, the Conservative Party of Canada. Andrew Scheer joins us on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Opportunity to talk to Mr. Scheer. The last time we spoke with you, Mr. Scheer, you were in the running for the the leadership of the Conservative Party. Again, congratulations on your victory, and how much are you enjoying sitting in the front bench staring at Mr. Trudeau all day every day, or not all day every day, but, you know, during question period. On the days that he uh, that he is in the house, yes, that <laughs> that is the position I have. Uh, first of all, thanks very much for the congratulations. Overall, it's been a, a very rewarding time for our party. It's been difficult, obviously. Uh, being in opposition is, is uh, always challenging, but I think we've had a very successful fall, pushing back against uh, some of the, the the proposals that the Prime Minister uh, Justin Trudeau tried to impose on small businesses, holding the government to account for uh, their ethics violations, obviously. The question about returning ISIS fighters and, and things like that. So I think we've we've managed to showcase a lot of the hypocrisies that this um, uh, government has, has has been engaged in, and a lot of their failures as well. So let me just get to one of the issues, and the one I think that there are quite a few that trouble me, but one that really really disturbs me. You're looking across the aisle in Canada's Parliament at a Prime Minister who is welcoming back to this country individuals who left to join the terrorist Islamic State which conducted genocidal killing, engaged in torture, sexual slavery, and boasted about beheading people, showing it on television, and set a Jordanian fighter pilot on fire in a cage. And this prime minister argues these returning individuals may make a, quote, extraordinary, end quote, contribution to Canada. As you sit facing the prime minister, and you've tried to engage him in uh, on this issue, and he rattles on about how the the, the the Liberal Party, how the government of Canada takes care of the security of Canada. You won't deal with the issue. Speak to that. Speak to the well, what what he's doing, Mr. Scheer, and then what you're getting back from Justin Trudeau. Well, first of all, as, as you can imagine, it gets my blood boiling to, to see the dismissive attitude that Justin Trudeau has 
for a very real concern. Uh, you know, as as you so eloquently, you know, as, as you know, meaningfully put out, uh, we're not talking about uh, a 19-year-old kid who stole a car uh, and now you know you, you want to engage in rehabilitation and, and maybe help them turn their life around. And it is true there are some people who uh, get their act together, clean up their life, and can uh, speak to some of those issues so that other young people don't turn to a life of crime. We're not talking about uh, people who have seen the light and, and, and regret the errors uh, of their past. We're talking about some of the most despicable people on this planet, uh, people who leave their, their own country, people who leave countries uh, like Canada where they enjoy basic freedoms, fundamental guarantees of liberty, they're able to practice their faith, they're able to speak out, uh, and, 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 and they leave this country to go fight for a terrorist organization that is intent on committing acts of genocide, that, that sell women and girls into slavery, that commit uh, executions in some of the most gruesome ways. And they join this group, fire on Canadian soldiers or our allies, uh, and now they're coming back. And again, they're not coming back because uh, they regret what they've done. They've, they're coming back because we're winning. We're winning the, the war against uh, this terrorist group. And at the very least, I would like to see our Prime Minister say, we are going to introduce new measures or we're going to give our national security forces tools to prosecute these people, to hold them accountable for the heinous acts uh, that they've done. Uh, we get the exact opposite. It's almost like uh, Justin Trudeau is is eager, uh, you know, to to sit down in the therapist chair with them and try to you know work through their issues. Uh, it, nothing offends me more than the attitude that Justin Trudeau has to this particular. Do you understand? Uh, do, do, do you understand at all what's behind this? I mean, do you just viscerally have a sense of what this man is doing? Because it is beyond bizarre what he's doing is dangerous to this country, regardless of what he says about their security being in place. These individuals joined an organization whose objective was to create the war to end all wars, an end times war. That's what they joined. Do you understand at all? Can you understand why Trudeau is doing what he's doing? And I'll ask you this, Mr. Shearer. I don't know if it's a fair question. I'm going to ask you. Do, do, do any other members, do any members of the Liberal Caucus walk by any of your members and say, don't like this? <laughs> you know, uh, it's so hard for me to wrap my head around uh, the motivation on this one. Uh, conservatives and liberals and NDP, we, we, can agree on, uh, we can disagree on issues, but sometimes we can understand where someone's coming from. You know, if a, if a member of the NDP wants to bring in a, a new measure, you know, we think they're misguided, we, we think that they, uh, they don't understand that the consequences will be worse, uh, but we can understand their starting point. On this one, i, I got to tell you, I have no idea uh, where it's coming from. It, it, it's so dangerously naive. And to your point about do other liberals uh, disagree with him, his own public security minister, Ralph Goodale, publicly stated that the ability, the odds of being able to rehabilitate people like this is, is next to zero. And just a few days later, the prime minister comes out and, and contradicts his own expert on, on this issue. Uh, and to your point about, about when they return, that we know, we know from terrorist groups themselves and individuals that have been apprehended, that they do come back to their, their countries of origin with a mind to further recruiting young Canadians, to radicalizing other young Canadians. So it's not just about holding them accountable for the heinous acts that they've done, but it's also about ensuring that they're not able mm -hmm. to recruit the next generation of terrorists from our country. Let me ask you this. Do you think mainstream media in this country is doing an appropriate job in covering 
this particular story. We'll talk about other things with you, and thank you. You're going to stay with us until the bottom of the hour. Is the, is the main, are, are main media organizations in Canada doing the job they need to do to cover this? I, I believe that, that 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 more attention does need to be paid to this issue, and, and and one aspect of it in particular, I think the prime minister needs to be held accountable to. Justin Trudeau answered one of my questions in the House of Commons. I asked a very legitimate question. I said, "What new proposals? What 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 new ideas does the government have in order to to, to deal with this threat?" And his his response to me was to paint a broad brush of Islamophobia. Uh, the, the, the not even an, an, insi- an insinuation, but an accusation that people who are asking these types of, of questions are engaging in fear mongering and, and Islamophobic uh, uh, behavior, and that is so offensive to anyone who values our national security. But it's also extremely offensive to the Muslim community in Canada because, as we know, people who join ISIS—that is a, a twisted and radicalized interpretation of Islam—and I believe it's deeply offensive to members of the Muslim community who also share those very real concerns about people using their faith as justification mm-hmm. to commit these evil acts. And, okay, and I think the Prime Minister needs to be held accountable for that type of flippant and insulting response. I have to take a break, but it's interesting to bring that up. We spoke in the uh, last hour with a guest, uh, Spencer Fernando, about what he posted, and it's it's been on the news wires as well that uh, Chris Biddle, the Ontario Liberal Member of Parliament, after protesters at his office, demonstrators at his office protested the return of these ISIS terrorists, he posted to Facebook, it is shocking to me that in 2018, white supremacists would stand up in public in St. Catharines to promote their hateful racist views. They're trying to intimidate people into silence. Mr. Shear, please hold on. We'll come back. We'll talk some more to you. And I want to ask you as well, what is it that you're going to do and what is it that you're doing to appeal to conservative voters in this country? What is the Conservative Party of Canada doing to appeal to the conservative voters who really want to hear a conservative message? We'll come back. Taking on the Titans, standing up for the little guy. It's the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Email from uh, Wendy in Washington State. Say, Roy, I know these issues that you're discussing sound concerning, and I'm not going to debate politics as I'm not Canadian. I'll just say that as an American with Trump as our fearless leader, I'd take a thousand Jay Trudeaus over him any day. I haven't read up on all the political details of today's debates in any depth, and although I'm sure Trudeau is making his share of mistakes, he looks like an angel compared to Trump. Lord, I wonder why people who aspire to politics do it. First they love you, then they expect you to perform miracles, and then they demonize you. It's the same for all of them eventually. They don't get paid enough, in my opinion. Anyway, as always, love listening to your show. There's Wendy Wendy in, I don't know how you pronounce this, S-E-Q-U-I-M, Sequim, Washington. Uh, Andrew Shear is my guest, the leader of the Conservative Party of Canada. You want to be prime minister. Let me just, uh, before I ask you another thing about Trudeau, you want to be prime minister after the 2019 election, Mr. Shear. I'm going to guess you're going to have somewhere close to 6 million votes waiting for you if we look at how many voted conservative in 2015. What do you need to do 
to create a conservative majority government? What do you need to do to displace Mr. Trudeau, who seems to be just moving feet um, from his mouth or getting them both caught in his mouth? What do you, what can you do? And what's your perception of what conservatives like me want from you? Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's that age old, it is a challenge for any leader of a party to uh, grow beyond their traditional base of support without losing faith with those people who join the party because they believe in fundamental principles and, and ideals. And, and I, I made it a key part of my leadership campaign that I believe it's a mistake for conservative leaders of, of any level, provincial or federal, at any time to just try to be like the liberals. Um, I believe that voters will always choose the real thing between uh, a real liberal and a conservative trying to act like a liberal. I think the key for conservatives is how to convince non-conservatives that it is our policies that actually work. Uh, If you want to create more opportunities for young people, if you want uh, uh, greater retirement security for seniors, if you want uh, Canada's immigration system to to, to work better, uh, it is conservative policies that do that. The policies of the Liberals or the NDP always end up hurting the people they claim to help. And I think that's my challenge is to... Uh, articulate those policies in a way that uh, will go out and, and reach a broader audience. Uh, I had a conversation with uh, with uh, the British Prime Minister Theresa May, and she said something to me that's really resonated. It is the, some of the battles we had 20 years ago about free markets, about free enterprise, about balanced budgets, about lower taxes, uh, we won those arguments a generation ago. Uh, but the Liberals never quit. And I believe today we, we have to re-engage in some of those those fundamental questions about the role of government, the, the role of the state in our economy and in our lives. And we, we have to we have to convince people that it's conservative principles that actually work better to improve the quality of lives for all Canadians. Do you uh, do you subscribe or do you have any any feelings, any 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 opinion on what I hear people express quite regularly? And that there is a there's a motivation behind um, the numbers of people who are coming to Canada, there is some effort underway led by the likes of Soros and Trudeau, and in in Europe, Juncker and and others like them who are globalists, to really do away with the concept of nations. Mr. Trudeau told the New York Times that he he wants Canada to be the first post-nation state. What's your sense on that? Well, you know, I, I do get concerned when I, when I read things like that. I certainly know that uh, there's a heck of a lot of evidence that there were foreign groups inter, you know, being becoming involved in the last Canadian election. You know, there, there are uh, groups headed up uh, by people around the world uh, who, who gave money to advocacy groups and, and helped mobilize uh, people here in Canada uh, to, uh, to help ensure Justin Trudeau won. There's, there's been... Uh, you know, allegations made about certain groups uh, who continue to, to take foreign funding to, to advocate against uh, important projects like natural, natural resource projects. So, uh, but, but the thing that gives me hope and optimism is I, I do believe that uh, principles like freedom, like equality, like, uh, like free enterprise, th- th- those do transcend national boundaries or ideas of, of uh, you know, it transcends differences between groups of people. Every mm-hmm. single human being uh, has those God-given rights of, of, of freedom and equality and freedom of speech and freedom of expression. We, we recognize them in our Constitution uh, and in our Charter, but we recognize them as being natural human rights. 
Right. Uh, so, you know, I, I what I am, am working towards is that regardless of anyone who, you know, regardless of where you come from, of how long your family's been in Canada, uh, that uh, that conservatives have that message that, that we believe in fundamental freedoms and equality, and we believe that it's always free people making free decisions that create better societies. Let me say these three words to you. Carbon tax taxes jobs. You're the Prime Minister of Canada. What happens? Well, I've made a, a very public commitment that the first order of business that I will do will be to repeal Justin Trudeau's federal carbon tax. Uh, he is imposing this as an Ottawa knows best top-down approach uh, on provinces that do not want it. And I believe uh, that it is completely ineffective when it comes to reducing greenhouse gas emissions, and it just becomes another source of revenue. Uh, it's going to make Canada's economy completely uh, uncompetitive against uh, our, our, our trading partners, and uh, and I will I will repeal it. Taxes in general, I, I I look at what the Liberal government's doing with their attack on small business, with the way they've raised taxes on families. Uh, I've, I've, not, not going to come as a surprise. It's not going to you know, shock your listeners, but I will have a completely different approach. I will always be looking to uh, lower taxes. And I made this point uh, when the Prime Minister was talking about some of the, the the issues around the small business taxes, saying that some people don't have the same advantages. And, and I said, why is it that the solution to for the Liberals, when they see uh, an unfairness in the tax code, the, the, their answer is always to take away an advantage or to raise a tax. Our approach is, is different. If, if we think okay. that there's an element of the tax code that some benefit from, but others don't, we should share that with all Canadians. All right, let me, uh, let me I'm sorry, I just have over a minute left, so I'm going to jump in on my own question and ask you to give me two quick uh, soundbite views on ethics involving this Prime Minister and then the $10.5 million payment to Omar Khadr, and he says, we should all be just as angry as he is. Well, I, I think it's phony. I think it's completely fake. I think the Prime Minister realized uh, soon after the Omar Cotter payment that Canadians weren't buying his version of events, so he tried to uh, display this mock outrage and, and fake uh, anger as well. He chose to make that payment. He did not have to. There was no court order telling him to do so. Omar Cotter already received his compensation. He got to come back to the country that he uh, essentially took up arms against. Mm. So uh, I don't buy his, his, his anger at all. I think it's completely phony and i and i'm and i don't believe that he has any sincerity on his ethics violations if he was truly sorry if he really felt that he broke the trust of Keynes, he would pay back taxpayers for the costs associated with his trip it was a it was a, a tremendous lack of judgment it was, it was a inexcusable lapse right. of judgment for the prime minister to accept this type of gift again he's trying to show some kind of mock uh, uh okay mr share you're actually serious you pay the money back Thank you so much for the time. I hope we can get you back and uh, speak more specifically about maybe one or two issues, and I do appreciate the time today. I always look forward to coming on the show, and, and likewise, uh, I hope we can do it again soon. Thank you. Andrew Shear, the leader of the Conservative Party of Canada.